Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we will be talking about tools you can use to help you cope with stress and grief. Please welcome Josh Sola onto the show. Are we good? 100%. 100%. Okay, Josh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm glad to be here. Welcome to Gentle Touch. Josh, where where are you based? I live in Raymore, Missouri, which is a suburb of Kansas City. So most people have heard Kansas City. It's like right in the middle of the United States. It's a big city, but I live 20 minutes south of that. Okay, lovely. Josh, you're very active. So you're a mindfulness coach. You do resilience training. You do breath work. You do Reiki. You do cold water therapy. Yeah. You're you're so active. You're a dad. You're a husband. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. How do you do all of this? Um, well, basically, so my, my journey into like the mindfulness and breath work and cold water and all of that, it's, it just came in different parts. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that I lead now is practices that I, I found that helped me heal and release stress and become resilient myself. Um, so there was just a lot of stressful things that outside of my control that hit all at once. And I realized that I, I didn't have a consistent meditation practice at this time. I didn't know anything about the benefits of cold water. I didn't know, I didn't even know what breath work was. And I was just struggling. Like my son was sick for a long time and nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. And we were planning this big trip to Europe with our family. We were going to go um, road trip around for six months. Wow. And we, yeah, we had had this trip planned for four years. Wow. And we, had, we had the car lease, the tickets booked and everything. Wow. And be, because my son was sick, we ended up um, getting a diagnosis of cystic fibrosis and okay. had to cancel. I'm so we had to cancel to the that. trip. Yeah. So so that hit and then we canceled the trip and then we had my daughter's tested. So I have three kids. And um, Congratulations. Yeah, I love it. They're great. They're great. And so my middle daughter tested positive for cystic fibrosis. Okay. And then a few months after that, my wife's twin brother uh, died and passed away. So I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was just like within six months, it went from all of these things that you know we couldn't control any of them, and I didn't have any tools um, to help me navigate through this stress. And so I was struggling to support my wife through her grief. Yeah. I was struggling to. Um, work through my grief over my kids' illnesses yeah. and and this lost trip and this adventure that we had planned. And so one of my friends messaged me and he said, hey, I'm going to do this thing called the Wim Hof Method and I need someone to help hold me accountable and nobody I know is crazy enough to do this, but I think that you would be interested. I love it. Uh, I, I don't even so, know what that is, but it sounds really good. So yeah, so so that's kind of my entry into breathworks and cold water. So Wim Hof is he's a, a Dutch a Dutch guy. Okay. And I watched this uh, YouTube documentary, and then the very next day started this ten week program with my friend, and it involves intense breath work where you build up a lot of energy, and then you do these breath holds. But where typically you think of doing breath holds, you have your your belly is filled with air, but this is the reverse. You're empty. So how do you do no, that? Um, so it's basically you just take full deep breaths in. So it sounds like this. It's like, and so what you're doing is you're taking full deep breaths in, and then okay. you're only and then you're only exhaling out about seventy percent or so of your air. So just a okay. gentle exhalation. So if you do that 30, 40, 50 times or a couple minutes, right? Um, you're going to find energy buildup. You're taking in more oxygen than you're releasing carbon dioxide. So you're you're putting a lot of oxygen into your bloodstream, which is basically what allows you to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and then so so you start to get <laughs> so she's wild. She's wonderful. But okay. So back to the Wim Hof breathing. So like you're taking in more oxygen than you're releasing, and 
what happens is, is you feel, you'll, you'll start to get little tingles in your hands and feet. And when you start to feel that, like I would do a few more breaths and then you'll take a full deep breath in. So you're like, and then right away, fully exhale. And you really squeeze all of the air out of your diaphragm and you just lay there empty for as long as you possibly can. Wow. So what happens is that it's this is a controlled environment, right? Like you're you're in charge of your breath, you're in charge of the quality of breath and the energy that you put into breathing, and it's it's the only uh, system in your body, I guess, that or function of your body that you that you have control over. Like your heart just pumps blood, or it doesn't. Your lungs are working, or they're not. Your kidneys are working, or right. All your organs either do their thing or they don't. And the breath is something that we can actually, with intention, change and control, which then affects all of the other things within the body. I love it. And, and so exactly. And so what happens is, is I, I describe these breath holds as like controlled states of stress Yeah. in the sense that like you're putting your body into this stressful state, but you're okay and you can breathe. Like if it ever feels awkward or too much, you can just start breathing again. But the thing is, is that your nervous system then gets on high alert. It's like, what is going on? What is going on? I'm supposed to breathe. I'm supposed to be breathing, but you're okay because you've got all of this oxygen in your blood. And so what happens is that you're, it's just almost like a, it's like an inner workout for your, for your body because you're, you're, you're putting this state of stress and then you're meeting it by staying calm through the breath and by relaxing into this emptiness. And what happens is, is then it translates into your body knowing how to handle stressful states out in the real world is what I call it. So like if you're in an argument at work or if you're having relationship issues or maybe something you're, you're trying, you're, you're uh, someone that you know is sick and like these things are stressful, but when you make a habit out of teaching your nervous system how to handle stressful situations and how to relax even in you know great states of discomfort then it allows you to be able to better handle those stressful situations out in the real world i love it so yeah so that's what was happening is that i would every day my buddy and i we would text each other i mean there would be days where i would lay there empty for three and a half four minutes without breathing what um yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. So and get this also in states of stress, you know how you hear people like you'll hear stories of like moms lifting cars or like breaking windows or whatever yeah, to like yeah, save yeah, their yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. So that's because the fight or flight, like when your fight or flight is activated, your your body is focused on one thing. So like in those moments, like the mom's immune system might shut down. Uh, maybe uh, the brain isn't working as good, like nothing is working as good, but all of the energy is focused on this tremendous amount of strength to like lift a car or break a window or whatever it is that you need to do to survive. And so one of the things that that Wim has you do is uh, push-ups. And so you'll do like, like the, the first time he's like, okay, do some push-ups, just normal push-ups. And I think I did like 25 or 26. Got it. And then you do these breath holds, you do these rounds, and I would do five to six rounds every day. And so he'll say, all right, in your last round, get you know, do your breathing, inhale fully, and then exhale, empty the air out of your belly, and then flip over and see how many push-ups you can do without breathing while laying no. empty. Wow. And I did I did 56. 56. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So the most I've ever done is like 118 without breathing. So one no. breath hold, 100. Yeah. So the thing is, is like I'm in a stressful state in my body, but it's stronger and it's responding with that strength and it's taking care of me because it's seeing that as like a perceived threat that I need the strength, even though I don't, right? Like I'm okay. I could just stop doing push-ups and breathe if I really, really had to. So it's fascinating stuff. And like- It is. It is. Yeah. yeah I'm like in shock. I didn't expect you to say that. Like What? yeah so ultimately like what ultimately what i found is that our bodies have subconsciously stuff is working for us and when we pick up when a stressful environment or grief or if any traumas we've suffered anything like that like it gets stored in our body and it's stored in there until we give it space to process and so what i found in doing these breath holds and doing the breath work like this is that that gave my body a space and a chance to process and release. 
So I found myself healing. I found myself more present. I found myself better able to support my wife through her grief and better able to listen and, and to sit in uncomfortable space. I'm a man. I want to fix things, right? Yeah, of course. And, and grief, like you can't just fix grief. Like you can't just magically do something and the grief goes away. But I learned to sit in that space where it was silent, where, you know, maybe she was hurting and I, and I needed to just be present with her and meet her there without trying to say, well, if you tried this, maybe you feel better because that's not helpful. And so, so that's kind of what I learned from the breath work and, and Wim also his, the other part of his program. So there's three parts. So there's the breath work, there's like some yoga and stretching and strength things. And then there's the cold showers and ice baths and stuff. And so oh, I see. So then yeah. you combine it all together. Mm-hmm. You combine it together. Yep. And so I started in August of 2015 is, wow. is when I, is when I started doing this and I take a cold shower every day. Um, in the winter, I, there's a lake about a mile from my house. And so I go sit in the lake a couple times a week. And so there's some days I have to break through the ice and plop you make, in. You make this sound so normal. <laughs> I just, I just go to the frozen lake. Like the most present, blissed out, happy moments of my life are on days where I cut through the ice. It's sunny. Maybe it's like 15, 20 degrees outside, but there's, there's sun and I plop down in that cold water and you get through that first shock. Like there's always a shock to your body. You breathe through it and you, and, and your body will relax. Yeah. And yeah. Oh yeah. Your body will relax. Um, and you just, you just feel deeply connected. You feel small, you feel healthy, you feel present, you feel happy. Um, and it, it's, it's one of the greatest feelings that I've, I've ever felt in my entire life. That's amazing. Um, yeah. When you first started the training, how is it? Do you just start off with maybe a cold shower or it's like, hey, guys, this is a cold swimming pool. Go and jump in. Like, how does it work? Yeah. So you start with just a cold shower. And um, like I said, the first program, he's got a newer program now, but the one I did was the only one he had then, which okay. was a 10-week program. And so you start with just a cold, like a normal shower. And then after you're done washing up, you just turn it to cold and you sit there for, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds. Got it. And then the second week is you start cold for 30 seconds. You switch it to hot and you can like, what I do is like, I would switch it to hot and wash up, wash my hair and stuff and then end on cold. And so ultimately you get to a point where you start on cold and end on cold. Start on cold. So, so would it be cold, hot, cold, or just cold all throughout cold? No, cold, hot, cold. You okay. want to, um, you want to also like go back and forth. It's, it's, it's powerful for your body to get used to the cold and then to go to the hot and relax. And then you go back to the cold and stimulate it again. And, and ultimately, um, now I incorporate breath holds in, yeah. in my shower. I don't recommend doing that unless you know what you're doing or you have somebody guiding you the first time or teaching you how to work it because you can, you can pass out standing up. Doing oh, the no. breath holds. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Just just guys, please be careful, okay? So if anybody does it, don't sue me. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the reference? He said we could do it. He guided us. (laughs) Yeah. So like I I do like a a minute cold breath hold. Like So I'll hold my breath for about a minute or so cold and then I'll switch it to hot. I'll wash up, switch it back to cold and do another breath hold and for a minute or so. Then I'll switch to hot, wash my hair. And then switch back to cold and do another breath hold and end that way. You, you almost feel uh, like like it, it releases happy chemicals into your brain, and you can you can get lightheaded. You'll, so I'm always holding on to something. I have never passed out in the shower, but my buddy who I did this with, who was my accountability partner, he ha- he did pass out. Oh, um, was he okay? So he's okay. Yeah, but he he hit his head and he <gasps> had a little cut, but he's okay. He's okay. He's um, okay. He's okay. He still practices. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I just, I just say that disclaimer, but the thing is, is like, I, I've made a habit out of really pushing myself Yeah. and you don't have to do that stuff to get the benefits. Like if you just take a normal shower and end on 30 seconds of cold, you're going to feel good and it will have tremendous, and actually cold water is really good for your skin. For loads of things. It's, yeah, it's good yeah. for uh, blood flow. If you have inflammation, it's good. It's good for that to help with. Uh, it helps you your body recover from hard workout. And I, I think my favorite part is again going back to the resilience, though, in the sense that it's it's a thing that you know. Like I've been doing this for five years, six years. Yeah, this is my sixth year. Woo. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> 
it and I still it's still a shock, right? There are still some days I I know how it's going to feel. I know that it's going to be cold. It's going to be a shock to my body. I know that I'm going to breathe through it and relax and be okay. And there are still some days where it's like I don't want to do this today. Okay. And 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 so those are the days that are it's 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 even more important for me exactly. to make sure that I do it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So and that's and that's where I talk about training and building resilience, you know, it's like there there's a time when you're like when you're laying empty doing a breath hold, for example, like I talked about and your body and your brain says, hey, I need you to breathe. I need you to breathe. It's time to breathe in. And you say, no, I'm going to hold on to this emptiness for five, 10 moments longer before you breathe in. Like those moments where it's incredibly uncomfortable, like that's where you really build that resilience that translates into healthier uh, processing of things and healthier handling of stress in out in the real world. Wow. So. I love this. Yeah. So, so do you think this has made you mentally strong? Like say when it comes to any obstacle or any challenge, you've already got that resilience built in. Um, do you believe that maybe you can translate this? Um, I say yes. Um, well, obviously we're in a global pandemic and, you know, like it's something that nobody could plan for. Yeah. Um, there's been a tremendous amount of loss and, and death and just for everybody has, has suffered some sort of loss darkness, the past year, year a and a half, darkness, right? Yeah, a lot of darkness. You know? And so I feel that because of all of the stuff that I have done, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like I have plenty of moments where I'm I'm like, I'm a human. I'm gonna I'm I'm fallible, you know, but I feel like I bounce back really good. Um, in the sense that I know that I know when I need to do more breath work. I know that I can turn to breath work in cold water. And that I'm going to feel good. So despite all of the chaos and uncontrollable things that are going on around me, that I can tap into these these things that's my choice to do and nobody can make me not do those and then feel better afterwards. So I love if it. that makes sense. Yeah, if no, that no, makes no, sense. no. It, it totally makes sense. I love it. I love it. Um, I saw a post where um, your daughter joined you. Yes. I yep, love yep. it. And I was so touched <laughs> because in the post you said... Um, so my daughter's 14, she has cystic fibrosis and rheumatoid arthritis. And her first time going in with you, she went in for two and a half minutes. That is a very mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. That yep. is a super duper long time. <laughs> like, well, good on her. Well done. Does she also practice as well? Um, not as consistently as I do. Uh, one of the things that I'm very good about is like, well, I try to is I don't ever want to force my kids yeah. into doing these things. Like I want them to come to it naturally or out of a curiosity of yeah, they yeah, see yeah. me doing it or see things, how it's helped me because I want them to like, if you force them, they're kids, like they're going to hate it and they're exactly. going to come to resent yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and so, so I'll invite them to come along, but they're not as consistent as I am. And that's okay. I know, you know, like the next week she came again and it was really cold. That's amazing. It it was, well, she only got in up to like, uh, just right, right below her knees. Okay. And so because of her arthritis, the cold was just too much and it was hurting her a little bit. And I was like, look, like there's no, there's no, and she, she got out, she got, went in the car and she, she got back out of the car and she's like, I want to try again. And I'm like, Hey, I was like, you don't have to, if you want to, I'm here for you. I'll go with you. But if you don't, it's okay. And so. How does it work? Like, would you have like, um, like, I I don't, I don't know how it works. So would you have like a, a, like a swimming costume and then you would have like sweatpants or tracksuit bottoms and then like a hoodie. And then as soon as you like, just before you get into the water, would you just put your clothes to the side and the towel or, or how does it work? Well, it depends. Um, so I, so what happens when you expose yourself to cold water and make a habit of it, you build what they call brown fat, okay. um, which it, the easiest way to describe brown fat is it's like whale blubber for humans. Okay. It's like insulation for our skin. Yeah. So the difference between brown fat and white fat is that brown fat burns um, like a, at a higher metabolic rate. So it's like, it's burning more calories and because it's, it's burning more calories, like it, it, it warms you up if that makes sense or it keeps yeah. you warm. So they find that people who live in Canada or say Norway or like Siberia, Eskimos, for example, like they'll have higher uh, concentration of brown fat because of where they live. And so everybody is born with a certain amount of brown fat. That's why babies, like they can't really regulate their body temperature yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I say babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but they don't get cold because they have this brown fat. But because of our lifestyle, right? Like we're always, 
if we're too hot, we remove layers of clothing. If we're cold, we put layers of clothing on. So we're never exposing ourselves to the elements. And so our body says, well, I don't need this brown fat anymore. So it goes away. And so that because we're always focused on being what 70 degrees constantly, like that's what we, you know, we're in our, we're in our homes or our apartments or places of work. We're inside, we're comfortable all the time. And because of that, like we don't expose ourselves to it. So our body just sheds the brown fat because we don't need it. But what they found is when you do cold showers, when you do ice baths or sit yeah. in frozen water, your body builds that brown fat back up. So for example, on January 1st this year, I met a friend who he was like, I want to start the new year by getting in the cold water. And it was, Ooh. And, so, and I'm like, great, let's do it. So it happened to be sleeting. And what is sleeting? Is that like so heavy, it's heavy like, ice? It's, it's like frozen rain. Yeah, it's like frozen rain. So not quite snow, Okay, but, but it's frozen rain and it was really windy. Oh no. Um, the lake was frozen. The windy days are the worst. Honestly, like it could be. 50 and windy and the water could be like 38 degrees and it would just be miserable. But on some days where it's like sunny and 16 degrees outside, it's heavenly. The wind is terrible. So, so he pulls up in this truck and then I pull up in in, in my car and I get out and I have to, I have to break a path through the ice because the the lake is frozen. How'd you break it off? Like like, Um, what would you use a sledgehammer? Okay. Yeah. He's a a sledgehammer. So I take a sledgehammer in the movies. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know these things. So yeah, yeah. I got to ask. Okay, got it. It's, it's funny. So the lake is in a neighborhood. Okay. Um, it's like, so there's there's houses around. And so where where my friends and I get it. Also, I will say this. When it's frozen over, I, I will never go in by myself. Um, I always have a friend with me so that if, just in case anything should happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if it's not frozen over, I'll walk in the lake, sit in it, and then get out. But if it's ice and it's frozen over, I will I will always have a buddy. So, excellent point to point out yes. because if people don't know, they just be like, "Hey, you know what? I'm a daredevil. I'm gonna go, dude." And then it's like we get caught up, and then something mm-hmm. will happen. Yeah, I mean, I could. I mean, the first time I ever st- tried to break a hole in the ice, I wasn't thinking, and it takes about fifteen to twenty minutes, depending on how thick the ice is. And I wasn't wearing shoes, and I was just standing on you the ice barefoot. Wasn't wearing shoes. <gasps> I was just wear. I was just standing on the ice barefoot, and I had a little bit of frostbite. That's the <gasps> only time I've ever gotten frostbite. So. Okay. So anyway, so New Year's Day, my buddy and I go. It's like sleeting. There's cold wind, and he's all bundled up. And I get out, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to break this ice. So I just t- I normally just wear my swim trunks and a hoodie and some flip flops. And so I just take my hoodie off, take my shirt off, and I'm just like, I, we're in this. I'm gonna go as fast as I can. So, because it's cold. And so I'm just out there in my shorts, you know, my swim trunks just That's like breaking, something through, out of breaking movie. through the ice. Yeah. He, he, he was kind of shocked. Him and his girlfriend <laughs> were kind of, they were watching me do this and they were like, this is wild. <laughs> anyway. So, but we both made it, like I made the path and then he came out and then you get out and you dry off. And, and actually too, um, what's interesting is that in like my skin will be pink and if you touched my skin after I got out of the cold water, it would feel really cold. But internally, I'm warm. Warm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I do some some breath holds after I get out of the water as well. There's a nice spot that right outside the lake, and I'll sit down, just kind of in lotus pose, and I'll just take a deep breath, like a hold it for about 15 to 20 seconds, and I and I concentrate all of my energy at the top of my spine or the base of my neck, and I just squeeze everything. And what's fascinating is. After about a minute to a minute and a half of doing a few breath holds like this, I will be full on sweating. <gasps> um, what? Yeah. So it'll be cold outside. I just sat in the cold water for five or 10 minutes. I get out. And then by doing these breath holds, my body is is so hot that I'm sweating. Wow. So like, and again, like there's, there's so many things that we, I mean, I know that there's like Wim does a lot of stuff with science. And so he really works with a lot of doctors and scientists to really prove like that exactly. what he's yeah, doing yeah. is not that, that anybody can do it, that he's not special. And that's what I love about these practices is that there are people that are like measuring what's going on in your brain, what's going on in your nervous system, what's going on with your heart rate, like what's going on with your body temperature when you're doing these things. Like there's, there's monks that can control like, um, I think that they can they can have their pinky be like ten degrees warmer than their thumb. Oh wow! And that I I don't have that control that level of control, but you know it's just it's just wild to think that there's people that can do that, yeah, and it's yeah, just training and intentional focused breathing and like really 
giving ourselves powers to control things that we always thought were outside of our control. I love that. I yeah. really, really love that. Yeah. For the people that didn't catch it because you said it so quick, kind of like uh, share a little bit more about that. Does that make sense? Like, get, like give us a little bit more of an example. So say, for example, anyone that's new to this and and says, oh, you know what? I can't do cold showers. I can't do... I can't do cold showers. I will struggle to do this. What could mm-hmm. be like a, another practice? Would it be just like breath, like just small breath holds at a moment? Well, yeah. So what I would say that with the cold water is that like, it, what I do is really extreme. If it, I just ask people to try it and yeah. to breathe through it, right? So even if you take a normal shower and you're about to get out and you switch it to cold and you go for five seconds, that's okay. Okay. The next day, the next day you take a shower, try again, see if you can go for 10 seconds. The next day, see if you can go for 15 seconds. Eventually what happens is is your body starts to know what's coming and you train yourself to be able to breathe through it. Like when that cold water hits, like in even now, like when I step into the cold water in the shower, it's still cold, but, and I will, I also say this, this is also a fascinating thing that is, it blows me away. I think sometimes cold showers are harder than sitting in a cold lake. Really? And oh yeah, because here's the thing. When you think about a shower, it's little droplets hitting you all over, correct? Yeah. Yeah. But when you're in the lake, you submerge one time. And so what happens is is your body's like, "Okay, this is cold, but it's all submerged, so it's not like water constantly hitting you over and over and over again." So like anytime you the water's cold in a shower and you move, it's a new spot that has to then be adjust to adjust to that coldness. Of course, yeah. So, so it, it's not easy uh, to do that, and the the point is, is that it, it's really about creating habits that push you out of your comfort zone. And so, everybody's comfort zone is different. So, if your comfort zone is lasting ten seconds, that's that's enough. Like, there's there's I will never say you didn't do a good job. You tried your best and you made it for 10 seconds. Like that, that's amazing. And and the idea is just that to try and push yourself a little bit farther. I mean, there's some days where I, my cold showers, I, I try and say I do, you know, 60 second breath hold three different times in the cold, but sometimes I don't make it that far. Sometimes I'm like, I can't, this is all I got today and I get out and that's okay. Yeah. I, I love that because you know, when you know your limit or you know, okay, today, no, maybe, maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. or not today. And- Yep. And then, and the other thing is like, you do, you know, your limit. And the idea is to just push past it just a little bit. So my limit was 10 seconds. I'm going to go 12 seconds and I'm good for the day. I'm going to go a little bit past it until I absolutely cannot and then stop. And that was good for the day. And and we can do that like in our workouts too. So there's physical ways that you do, like you can push yourself when you're running or lifting weights or whatever like that, right? Or even in yoga, you can push past your limits a little bit. And, and that's the idea is just to, and to, to create habits around getting out of your out of your comfort zone because so much beautiful things happen, so much beautiful healing, connection. Um, you learn a lot about yourself when you're outside of your comfort zone. I love it. Yeah, that is so true. But like, I, I feel like the way we live in now, it's like everyone's scared to get out of their comfort zone. Everyone just mm-hmm. loves that feeling of knowing, of, of feeling protected. And people are just so scared of the unknown. Yep. Yep. And you think about, are, are you familiar with the Stoics at all? Like no. Marcus Aurelius? Okay. Educate so Marcus, me. Yeah. So I, I'm not a super expert on Stoics. I do read a lot about, they're all these like Greek philosophers. And okay. so, and um, emperors and like Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus. Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on any of the other ones. Anyway, so the Stoics were all about focusing, like living virtuous lives and focusing on what's in your scope of control, right? And and it's very much a life of acceptance and accepting, again, the power of, of accepting what's in our control and letting the rest go, okay? And so if you think about it, what is in our control is our actions and what, how we choose to respond to what life gives us. That's really it. Like, even sometimes our emotions are out of our control. Like they just, they just happen. And so then we have to respond to that and there's healthy ways to respond in unhealthy ways. But then you think about all the things that are outside of our control. You got like 
the weather, um, other people, you know, tragedies, pandemics, like, like COVID is completely 100% out of my control. So I could be mad and angry at that, or I could be mad at maybe selfishness of how people are reacting, or uh, I could be mad at people spreading misinformation, but that doesn't help me in any way. And it's outside of my control. So the only thing that is in my control is how I react to it. And so by by learning about accepting what's in my control and really focusing on that acceptance and living a life of that, then, then I recognize that like, I'm happier, I'm more fulfilled um, because I'm, I'm, I'm choosing things that are in my power to control, if that makes sense. I love it. Um, give us a, okay, so, so the COVID one, uh, responding to the whole pandemic, that's one. Give us another one. Just, because some people will be like, whoa, what? Josh is dropping so much knowledge, we can't even keep up with him. <laughs> so like another one would be, for example, like say, say you, okay, let's take one at, uh, you have a big date planned, like, and you're going to go have a picnic at the park with your partner. And you, you've been planning this, like maybe you've both been working a lot. And you're really looking forward to connect. And then on the day of it rains, right? Oh, no. So like you've you've got this expectation of how this day is going to go. And you're going to have this, this beautiful picnic. It's going to be romantic. You're going to connect. You haven't connected in a while. And then it rains. And it's like, so you have to adjust. And so you can either be mad at the rain for happening, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still raining. Right. Of course, yeah. Because it's outside of your control. And then if you're angry at the rain, it's probably going to keep you from really truly connecting with your partner and really sharing a good evening because there's always choices like just have a picnic in the house, like light a candle. You know what I'm saying? That is and a so, beautiful example. I love it. And and another one would be like at work too. Like there's always people at work. Like maybe you've put your time and effort and energy into this project at work and you and you you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You present it to your boss or whoever, and they don't like it. Like, again, like you did what you could control and gave it your all and presented it as well as you could, but your boss's reaction is out of your control. And yes, that's frustrating, but focusing on that is going to take you away from how could I make this better? What can I do different? Um, what can again, you learn? What can I learn? Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's what I mean by like accepting what's in our control. And, and, and really that's what it is. It's like, we can control our words. We can control our actions and our responses to what's happens to us. Everything else is outside of our control. And people do like, you're right. Like people want to feel like they're in control, but so much is out of, I mean, I, I wouldn't choose to have two of my kids have, you know, illnesses that have no cures, you know, that weakens their immune system, especially like with, we're in a pandemic right now. And that's what cystic fibrosis does is their immune system does not work as effective as everybody else's. And it's like, What's in my control is we are going to be safe and not travel. We're not going to go out anywhere. If we do, we're going to wear masks, you know, all of that stuff. Like yeah. those things are in my control. So, but I can't control other people's actions. So I could be mad at people for like partying and still traveling and doing all these things, but that doesn't help me or help my family and keep us safe. That's just wasted and expended energy. I love, yeah, yeah. What what an excellent example. So Josh has given us free example, guys, and I truly, truly love it because um, with these examples, people can be like, they, they can use it and like actually think through it and it makes it easier for them to understand. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really good. So, um, so say for example, the cold showers. How often would you recommend someone doing it? Is it every other day? I do them every day. Um, okay. But again, like it's it's as it's as much or as little as you want. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Honestly, I do it every day because I, I like the feeling. Like I can tell you that if I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I skip. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you perfect. for being honest, Josh. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I skip. Sometimes I'm like, I'm really, I'm just not going to do it. And I, I regret it every time. I'll tell you, I regret it every time. I it's would like, say it's about- like missing, It's like missing out a workout in the gym. Exactly. It's 99% of the time I am taking a cold shower, but there will be a day or here and there where I don't. I can tell you that on days that I take cold showers, I feel better. I'm not as sore from work. I work out pretty intense every day and I'm more creative and I'm and I feel happier. Really? So, yeah, th- there will be times where I'm just feeling off and I can't figure out why. I'm, I'm very in tune with my inner state and my inner worlds. And I'll yeah. tell my wife, I'll be like, hey, um, I'm feeling off. I'm going to go do a meditation and take a cold shower. And then I'll come back and I'll, I'll be okay. I might not ever figure out what was causing me to feel off. And that's okay. I feel better after I do my practices. 
I, I love that. Tell us more about that. So you feel, you can definitely feel the difference. Say like it makes you more creative, um, mm-hmm. you're more in tune with your creativity and your intense workouts. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a bit more about that, like the creative well, side. Well, it's just like, um, so I, I make music and I write and lead meditations and breathwork classes. And so I find that when, when after I've taken a cold shower, after I've done an ice bath, which I will say, so in the summer, it gets really hot in the spring and summer here in the fall it starts to cool off again. So I don't have the lake isn't cold, but I do have a chest freezer that a buddy and I um, bought and we converted it into an ice bath. So I have access to that in the summer so that I can continue the ice bath practice year round. What's a chest freezer? So it's like a deep freezer, like where you would store like meat or frozen foods. Oh, got it, got it, got it. But the yeah, thing yeah. is, would you, like, would you just add like a step in it or like a, like a kind of like a seat and then you just sit in it kind of? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's horizontal. So they have vertical ones and horizontal ones. And so um, we just caulked around the inside, which is basically sealant so that water won't leak out. And then we have it on a timer. And so it runs for, it'll run, like when you fill it up first, it takes, I'd say about five to six hours to get down to about 40 degrees. And then it's on a timer. Um, so it runs about 90 minutes a night to maintain that temperature. Oh, wow. You, it actually has controls on everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's just a, a workaround to, because there's other ice baths out there that are like three and four or $5,000. And this is like, it costs us 400 bucks to do this. And we have an ice bath whenever Genius. we want. Genius. So, yeah. So anyway, so I was just saying that because like I still even in the summer do that practice. And what I'm getting at is that like it, it ties to my creativity in the sense that on if I'm trying to write a meditation or work on a breathwork class or make some music and I'm feeling blocked, if I just go take a cold shower or if I if I do an ice bath and then I sit down and try and be creative, it, the stuff kind of flows a little bit better. It's almost like the, the, the cold water clears me out and yeah. it allows me to enter into a flow state faster. And you will be able to feel the difference. Like, so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I can tell you on days that it, I would bet my kids would also, and my wife would agree. Like I find myself singing and dancing. Oh, just really? Like, That's amazing. Just randomly like goofing, like just being more carefree, it's it's yeah. it's it's just different. You just feel good, and you don't even know it. Like, but then you'll looking back, you'll see that that that's the pattern. Oh, I love it. And and tell us about your in. So so, what do you think about um doing? Okay, so so the cold water therapy and 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 say with regards to your intense workouts, do you think that's a good combination? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say I never take a cold shower or do an ice bath until at least an hour after a workout, though. Thank you so, for putting that out there. Can you imagine? Yeah. Do 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 the ice 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 um, bath first, then go do a workout straight away. You could you could do the you well no you could do the cold and then work out. You'll feel really good and you'll have a ton of energy. Like that would be good. But I'm saying for recovery, yeah. If you're doing so, if you work out and then do a cold shower or a cold um, ice bath, I would wait. You know, about an hour or so because okay. what happens is is like your muscles might tighten up. I, I, I just feel like. To, you want to let your muscles kind of relax and recover. Uh, and when, when you hit that cold, when the cold water hits them, it's almost like a shock, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to build muscle, they say don't do uh, cold stuff for at least an hour after a workout. Oh, you can really? do it beforehand. Yeah, and you can do it beforehand. You'll be fine. Um, I've had some really good workouts after an ice bath, yeah. Got it, got it. And and say with regards to your intense workouts, what, what does um, an intense workout for you look like? Would it be like a lifting weights or um, cardio or sit-ups, press-ups? Yeah, so I do um, I do modified CrossFit workouts. So I do a lifting – so I'll do lifting like some sort of strength, you know, like Olympic lifts or, yeah. you know, um, with the barbell movements and stuff like that. And then I'll usually do like a 15 to 20 – minute kind of like cardio strength based workout that hits a bunch of different body parts. I also have a Peloton bike. So I'll I'll do, um, you know, long Peloton rides sometimes. Um, I really just try and move my body for, for at least 45 minutes to an hour, really intense every day, whether that's, and that's just a mixture of stuff. It's honestly, whatever I feel like doing that day. Um, some days it's some days I, I will say I do, I do yoga. I do a lot of mobility and stretching. I go for two to three mile walk every day as well. I'll walk the, walk the puppy. Um, so I, but, but hitting my working out as hard as I do, I have to make sure that I'm stretching and recovering properly. So. 
Got Especially, I'm, I'm 40 now. Like You're full, Josh. What? My body no, my my body doesn't recover like it used to. <laughs> I feel old. Yeah. Honestly, you sound like you're 15. Like, so full of excitement, <laughs> so full of energy. So, like, just, it's amazing. I love it. I love it because um, in such dark times, um, sometimes it's really hard to, like, see the shine in people or just kind of just like you know it's been really tough like it's been really yeah. hard and wow like just listening to you and it's it's like you're a ball of energy like you're a ball of light <laughs> well my last name is solar so oh there maybe, we go maybe that's, where, maybe that's where i get it from i don't yeah know. yeah there we go i love it you know you know i i always I, I i can relate to that i feel like sometimes the the there's a like the negativity and the hateful stuff and the chaos and the disruption, like all of that stuff, I feel like it's just louder. And that there's, but then also there's so many good people in the world that remind me that like, it, it's worth it to try and it's worth it to just do your best and to just put love and, and kindness and compassion and empathy out for, for others. Cause you never, you never know how people are going to receive it. And we don't often know like what's going to, what's going to happen, you know, or like what's going on in their life when you, when you're, exactly. when you come and cross paths with somebody, you know? So I can tell you this, this is this. So something else that I did, this was also very, very um, powerful in my healing uh, journey. And in addition to the breath work and the, the cold water stuff is that I would write a letter. I would just write letters to strangers and I would just like fold it up and just leave it. So like I would go to, say maybe I was going to coffee shop that morning to meet some friends. I would just have a letter and I would just leave it on the table or leave it somewhere for somebody to find. Josh, I love this. Really? Well, well, well yeah. And so here's what's happened is I was struggling like at this point, like I had a lot of stuff going on. And what I found is that as I was writing, I would just sit down and I'd start writing in the words that I needed to hear myself so that I could get up and move out in the day in like a positive way and to, to, to just even get outside. Like there would be days where I just wouldn't want to get out of bed, yeah. but getting up and writing a letter and knowing that like I could leave that and it would, somebody might find that and maybe that it would change the whole day. And there's, there was on what day was, it was my 30, it was my 36th birthday. Yeah. I wrote 36 letters and I said, it's my goal was to put 36 letters throughout Kansas city that day. Okay. And I remember I, I had never at this point, I've been doing it for about a year and a half. Hello. Josh, did, did you did like at some point, because I used to, because I, I work in healthcare, I used to sometimes think, um, sorry to interrupt you, but, um, no, you're fine. Um, I used to think, well, the love that I ever give out come back to, to you. So did you find in any way all this love and all this appreciation and all this time, did you feel it would come back to you in unexpected ways? You know, I didn't really think about that, to be honest. It was just one of those things that I, I saw a video of, of a girl who lived in New York who's really lonely that started doing this. And I was like, I can do that. Like, I can I can spend a few minutes to write a letter and then leave it. You know, I didn't think anything of it. But I was just like, maybe like if maybe this will help me in some way. But I didn't yeah. know how. Okay. Um, and so, but what was, it was so powerful because that, that birthday, I remember I was at, at a coffee shop with four friends and I would, I left one on the newspaper stand right by the door. And I was like, I've never seen anybody pick up one of my letters and read it. And <gasps> so that was my thing is I was like, maybe today will be the day that this would happen. And yeah. so I, the first, somebody picked it up on the way out and I went over and I put another one over there and somebody again, picked it up on the way out. But all of a sudden, uh, um, a, a, a guy and his girlfriend came in and he picked it up on the way in and I was like watching him. So they went and they ordered their coffee and then I saw Did them he open reading it. it. Yeah. He, he oh. opened it while waiting for his coffee. Now get this. He, he like, he like, he, he read it and then he handed it to his girlfriend and then I saw he was like crying and then they like <gasps> hugged and I have no clue what was going. I don't know anything about either of those people. I'll never see them again. They don't know that I was the one that wrote the letter, but me watching that moment of them like crying in a coffee shop and then hugging. And I was like, that was just really powerful. Cause like, again, I don't know what was going on in his life. I will tell you this. Um, I, I used a hashtag that was called encourage somebody. And so okay. I would write that, I would write that at the, on every letter. And then, so I would share on Instagram I love some of my letters. And there was one time I left one um, in a book at a library or something. 
And a girl commented on my post and said, Hey, I got I your letter. Your, I got your letter. Yeah. And I have to tell you that today was um the one year anniversary of my boyfriend dying in a car crash. Your, oh my gosh, Josh. Oh my gosh. That gave me like shivers. That, that Oh, I like, just had chills too. Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah connect, the, we're connected right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> like that 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 <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. So that's what she said. She's like, I was really struggling. I I just, I, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't feeling like myself. I mean, obviously so, right? Like a year after your boyfriend dies in a car crash, like that's heavy. And she was like, just reading just your, your letter. She was like that. It just, it really changed my day and I can't thank you enough. So <gasps> I love it. Yeah. So, so that was, so in addition to the breathwork and the cold water, that was something that was really instrumental in me R really solidified, for example, like that, that everything that, that we're all energy, like everything like is energy and there's good energy. And then there's energy that feels heavy. Yeah. And so I recognize that when I take a time to write a letter or I take time to work out and move my body, or I take time to eat a healthy meal, or I take time to do my meditation or breathwork or cold water or whatever it is. Like there's, there's so many things that you can do that put good energy into your body. I mean, uh, yoga, there's taking a warm bath, uh, any, anything that stimulates the senses, like maybe, uh, there's smells that you like that take you to places that feel like all of that stuff is, can be part of your toolbox of like good energy building things. And like, it, it doesn't have to be breath work and intense breath holds in cold water. That's just what I choose to do. Right. I love it. So, so okay. So, going back to your thirty-six birthday, you literally did thirty-six letters, and you put it around Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did, did anyone get? So, you got that the young lady that got back to you with the hashtag. Did anyone else get back to you? There was a few that would message me or that would uh, send me messages saying, "Hey, I got your letter. Thank you and stuff." But nothing was like as profound as yeah. that lady. It was like it was the one-year anniversary. Like that was just like a. Maybe she uh, just wanted to get get it off her chest and just like you know because a, yeah. lot, a lot of people feel it but they just don't know how to express it or they just keep all that energy or all them feelings inside so it yeah. makes it sometimes extremely hard for someone to express themselves that's amazing that's so mm -hmm. inspiring and that's the thing is it's like i i don't know how long i'm gonna live you know and so I, I do like, as I do, I said that earlier, I'm getting 40, you know, I, I sometimes think about legacy and stuff. And I just, I, at the end of the day, like, I want to be a good human. I want to be a kind human. I want to be a good husband and a good father. And if, if like, I can lay down at night and know that I did my best in those areas, then I feel like if you make a habit out of your days, like doing the, like for me, those few simple things, then that would add up to like a pretty good life. So that, that's ultimately what it's about, right? Like we're here, we're, we're, we're meant to be in a community. We're meant to, to celebrate life and do life with other people. We're meant to love each other and to pick each other up and support each other. And, the, and so often we feel alone or we feel like we're not worthy or we feel like we don't deserve to be loved or whatever. And because there are some people that hurt us, like there are people yeah. that hurt us, that leave us, that people are supposed to love us, that, that leave us feeling like we're not worthy of love. Right. And, and that, yeah. that sucks. And so if I could be a reminder to other people in any way, or even give people like space, um, hold space for them and help them heal in any way, like, like, like leading breathwork classes that, that to me, I think has, and, and also the cold water stuff. So I have, I've probably taken a hundred to 120 people into the cold water now throughout the last four or five years. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. I, I love it to just watch someone be like, this is going to suck. I'm scared. I'm terrified. And then watch them overcome their fears. Like that's incredibly powerful to experience. It is, yeah. Um, and, and the same thing with the breath work. I mean, leading people through these breath work classes. And I, I've seen, um, there was a lady that her, her husband and son had died. I don't, I don't know how many years. I don't, I don't know how many years. Before, I was going to ask you this. Like, does any, because people reach a state where like feelings from within start pouring out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will say, unfortunately, throughout the healing process, right? Like if it's uncomfortable coming in, if it's traumatic coming in, if it's heavy and hard and uncomfortable, it's unfortunately going to feel that way going out. Say and that again? So, so un, like stress coming in yes. is hard. Trauma okay. coming in is hard. Yes. 
And as your body is processing and releasing it, unfortunately, it's going to feel uncomfortable a little bit as you're processing. And so Um, that's why people are are scared of it is they don't know how their body's going to handle. And so breathwork puts you into a state where things that you're holding on to come up. And that's why it's called breath work because it is work. Like it's active breathing pattern. It is work. But like, like this late, this lady, for example, um, she had a vision of her husband and son looking down on her <gasps> as she's doing this breath work saying, we want you to be happy. You keep she, giving me chills, Josh. Uh, and and the, get this though. She said she realized she had, had never allowed herself to fully grieve their losses. Wow. That, that she thought because she was, um, because she suffered that tremendous loss that she didn't need to be, ha- that she wasn't ever going to be happy. And so it was like a week or two after she came to my breathwork class that she like sold all of her stuff and moved to the beach. She moved um, to the beach. It was almost like that 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 in this session she really she realized that she was holding on to these things and that she deserved to be happy and that her husband and kid would want her to be happy. And so she made effort and put in the effort and made a decision that was hard to then go and and do things that make her happy. Yeah, yeah. Um I love it. Do you, do you know why I said that um, about heavy feelings? Because I was listening um, to like an interview and um, experiences like that. And yeah. And and what would you do in a situation like that? Would you just kind of like because honestly, I would be scared. I would be so scared if if someone was going through to let the let their emotions come up. Um, I will say that one time a lady. There was maybe thirty people in a class. And, wow, and those are very big classes, Josh. Uh, not, they're not always that big. This one was at a retreat and it just happened to be that many. Oh, got it. So many people, typically there's like five to 10 um, in my classes, but this was a, a retreat, a creative retreat. And so there was a lot of people there. Um, and I saw her, like her one hand went up and her back arched. And so I like sprinted across the room cause I'd never seen, I've seen stuff like that happen before, but she was kind of like stuck there like this. And I, and I get to her. And her eyes are kind of in the, rolled in the back of her head and she's almost like locked up. She's not breathing. It looks like she's had a seizure. And one of the things that happens when you do breath work, I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why, but your hands kind of claw up. They like kind of curl up into these claw things sometimes. Okay. It's, it's I, I don't get it, but it, it, it's common anyway. So I was kind of freaking out. I was like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? What is going on? Like, I, and so I put one hand on under her back and one hand on her belly. And I said, Hey, I'm here for you. Like, let's keep breathing. Are you okay? Do you need to keep breathing? Like, are you okay? And it was like 45 seconds, nothing. Like just, she just stayed there. And then it, the was you panicking? Was I panicking? Yeah. Uh, I was kind of freaking out internally. I didn't yeah. let anybody see it. That's um, 45 seconds is like a lifetime in that situation. It was a long time. And I'm trying to lead a class from everybody else. And right? 30 people. Yeah, yeah. And they're all looking at you as the leader, as our guide. Yep. And so, but everyone else, like you're laying on your back, your eyes are closed. So nobody, no one knows. Okay, this. got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. No one knows this is happening. So anyway, after 45 seconds, she relaxed and she started breathing again. And after the session, this is the crazy part. After the session, she, I asked her, I was like, hey, do you remember when you kind of seized up and your eyes rolled in the back of your head? Like, I was kind of freaking out. Like, do what happened? Like, what was going on? And she goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. And and I was like, I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She was like, after the third round, about 15 minutes into the, into the session, she was like, I was just gone and I felt amazing. Wow. So, so yeah. So, and that's the thing is that like, just like, life is uncontrollable a lot of the things that happen in breath work are uncon- are out of our control as well and it's one of those things that like you're getting out of that um, fight or flight or freeze part of your brain so you're getting out of your amygdala which we're, we're typically like when we're stressed like we're in our amygdala all the time it's always on and we weren't created to always be stressed out like the amygdala that like it's just, it's bad long-term for us to have that fight, flight, or freeze activated. Like stress, uh, chronic stress is just terrible on our bodies. Like it's overworks our immune system. It's, it, it, uh, it overworks our nervous system. So we're, we're caught like more stress just leads to more stress, leads to more stress, which leads to us not sleeping, which leads to our, like our blood pressure going up. Our heart doesn't pump blood everything. Good, yeah, yeah. everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And so when you, that's the, that, and that's what the beautiful, 
the, the beautiful thing about breath work for me anyway, and for other people that I've came to my classes, a lot of them, you know, they feel like it, it shuts down that fight, flight, or freeze really quickly. And you move into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is where rest, digest, and heal happens. And so that's where your body is calmer. You're processing stress. You're, you're using energy to release any stored stress. And so sometimes like it takes quite a bit of breathwork classes to, because you've got this backlog of stress. And so you need to remove it all, but it's a very simple practice. And uh, I always tell people after coming like once or twice, like you can do this on your own. Like there's no need to come back. There is power in practicing with within a group when everybody's breathing together. There's a, a tremendous power in that. Like everyone amplifies the healing, I think, of everyone else. Josh. Um, yeah. I think I've tried this and I've fallen asleep. That's okay. Um, I will is that, say that, is that normal? People do fall asleep. I will tell you this, that when you fall asleep in breath work, that's a sign of resistance from your body. Really? Mm-hmm. So, so what happens is, is, just like we're wired for control, we're also wired to seek out things that we know, okay? It's comforting to us, or to our brains, to seek out things that we know, even if those things are not always the healthiest for us. And so breathwork very quickly fosters new connect neural pathways in the brain. Like it, re, it rewires your brain in it. And because you're breathing in a new way, you're doing these breath holds in a new way that you haven't ever done before. All of that is new to your body and your brain doesn't like it. And so one of the things that happens is your brain will just, you'll just, will say, I'm not doing this and you'll go to sleep. It's, wow. it's like, it's like this protective, like resistance. So that's the resistance that shows up as either going to sleep yeah, or it shows up in the sense that your brain will say, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And the thing is, is that anybody can do it. It might be uncomfortable. You might not want to do it, but you can do it because you're just breathing. Okay. So, so it would be just like a matter of trying again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like if you fall, okay. I had a class, I did a private class for a group of ladies. Uh, there was four ladies, they were all best friends. And one of them had came to one of my classes, loved it. And was like, I want to do a private session. <laughs> yeah. Me and my three friends. I want to say in the second round, all of them were sleeping. <laughs> so what'd you do then? I, I waited like a few minutes and I said, I just, I was like, I've never had this happen before. <laughs> And I was like, maybe these ladies are just really exhausted. So I let them sleep for a couple minutes. And then I kind of, I'd like tapped them on their shoulder and I said, all right, let's get back to the breathing pattern and <laughs> finish the session. But like, yeah, so breath work is powerful. It's, it, it, and it's been one of the most profound, it's, so you know how meditation sometimes can be subtle. Yeah. Right. It's gentle. Um, breath work I describe as like a bulldozer. Like it, it just gets in there and pounds your emotions and it, it and it's, and that sounds intense because it's supposed to be intense. Yeah. It is work. It's work to breathe this way. You feel tired afterwards. And so there's always like about 30 minutes of active breathing and breath holds and then about 15 minutes of relaxed, um, just kind of gentle breathing at the end to just let the work kind of simmer and let your body recover. And, and after you do that active breathing, like you, you're in this deep state of relaxation and yeah, I, I, there's people that have said that they felt like they're, they, okay, I had a, a good friend of mine came to, he would tell, he told me his first time doing breath work, he was skeptical, but he told me that he felt his heart chakra open up. He literally felt it. He felt it. He, he, You're he said, joking. He said his, his chest raised and he felt his heart just open up. And, and the reason that he was so fascinated by that is because he was seeing a chiropractor and an acupuncturist yeah. who always told him that his heart chakra was blocked. And he said uh, his acupuncturist constantly did work on like on his hands, like painful work on his hands to try and open his heart chakra and just wow. could not get it to work. And he, he didn't tell me this until afterwards, but he went to see his, his uh, acupuncturist like a few days after this breathwork session. And she was like, what did you do? Because your heart chakra is open. <gasps> and he said, it was the breath work. So I love this. There's so much power in, in what you have just said. That's amazing. I love it. Josh, you yeah. have so much knowledge. You have so much wisdom. You are light. You're a ball of like, like you're just light. You're just powerful light in, in like a powerful being. Like just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Has anyone said that to you? Uh, 
I, I hear sometimes, I, you know, some some of the people after the classes, they say that. Like, there's one person that comes to, well, I haven't had a class in a while because of COVID, but um, she says she can feel, like, she can see my... Uh, aura. You know, yeah, when she's doing the breathwork, she can she knows where I am. Like, she can she can see me. She says I'm green. <gasps> big ball of green light, so... Uh, what, what does green signify? I actually don't know what the colors mean. Green is the... Okay, so... We can, I can go over this really quickly. So you're familiar with Roy G. Biv, right? The the colors of the rainbow? Yes. Okay. So Roy G. Biv, it aligns with our chakras. So yes. you have like, it's so you're, you're red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, or blue, indigo, violet. And so like your root chakra down, down around like your private parts and stuff like that's red. Then you're going to have your sacral, which is between your belly button and your private parts. And that's going to be orange. And then your solar plexus is around your belly button area. And that's going to be yellow. Your heart space is green. They also say white and pink is tied to your heart space. Blue goes to your throat chakra. And then indigo is your third eye and violet is for the crown. Lovely. Yeah. So... That's like the simplest way for colors. And it's very common in breathwork to see colors as well. Like, you know, typically people see like the violets and the purples and the indigos and stuff. Oh, that's lovely. I would love that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. You, you can like, I, I have some, some breathwork classes, some digital ones that you, they're like, that I guide you through the whole thing. And they're about, they're 45 minute to, or 50 minute classes. And it has like, I made the music and it's got binaural beats underneath. Really? It, that's amazing. Aids. Binaural beats aid in the relaxation. So it like entrains your brain to relaxing frequencies. So as you're doing the breath work, you don't even like subconsciously, there's like stuff going on in the music. In the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. What is that? Where is that on your website? Oh, so, yeah. So, so that's on my website. So there's two ways that you can hear them. So I sell them individually on my website. Yeah. The breathwork classes, they're 25 bucks. Yeah. And then. Which one the, would you recommend? Um, so I have four because I fall asleep. And, uh, I would do I would do three or four. Okay. Yeah, th- those are the more intense. Four is the most intense music. Like it's it's a heavier beat. It's more active. I find when the beat is more active, people are breathing deeper. Got it. So yeah, so you can find those on my website. Um, I also have a, a band camp, which is like a it's like five dollars a month. And okay. What happens there is anything that I make. So any, I have gratitude meditations. I have coherent breath training programs, breathwork classes, or just even like uh, really mellow music to just play like for when you're trying to focus and things. So like anytime that I release new ones of those, like you get access to it for five bucks a month. So. Lovely. And say with the ones, what, which one would you recommend? Is like, say for a beginner, I fall asleep, my body's resistant. Would you recommend number four because it's more active or should I just start from the beginning? They... Honestly, like the guidance is just different. That's really it. Like the music is different and the guidance is different. They will all, two is mellow. Two is the only one that's mellow for the breath work. Got it. One, three, and four, uh, any of those would be just fine to breathe too. Okay, got it. I've made note of that. Josh, you are amazing. You're a superstar. I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your efforts. Thank you for your energy. I'm so happy we could ar- arrange on the time zones. It's been amazing just having you. I have broken a sweat just thinking, do I have the other recording? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, can you imagine? No, let's not even think about that. No, it's there. We'll, we'll, it'll be there. Yeah? Okay, fingers crossed. I have learned so much about you. How can our listeners connect? How can they learn from you? Have you written a book? No, I have I have not written a book, no. I I don't think I'll ever write a book. Why? <laughs> I, I, you know, I do, uh, occasionally I do a little podcast with little five and ten minute episodes, just like little lessons. That's not enough. That's not enough. I know. And then I, it takes a lot of time to make the music and to. Okay. So, so the songwriting, the producing the music. Mm -hmm. That's where I put a lot of my energy into. And like, and I have, like I said, a lot of like guided meditations and uh, emergency, like stress relief stuff. There's all kinds of breathing patterns that, that I've, that I've learned and everything that I guide, I've practiced and played and messed with myself before I would share it with other people. So I would say the best way is just to find me at my website, which is joshsolar.co, not .com, just joshsolar.co. And then Josh Solar loves you on Instagram. I love that. That's all sweet. That's all gentle. That's all powerful. Okay, yep. that's that's amazing. What? How else can we learn from you? You produce music. Are you active on your podcast? On your podcast? I haven't done them really since the pandemic started. Got it. 
Uh, I've put a couple. So like I have a few guided meditations on there, but I think there's like 80 episodes on my podcast. That's good. That's content. And that's called Encourage Somebody. So you can find that on Apple or Google Play or it's on Spotify as well. And anything that you, anything that I put out there is all found through my website too. So like the website is like my hub for all of the stuff. Like I have, I have some meditations on YouTube. I have some stuff on Instagram. I have, I have stuff all over, but if you just go to the website, you can find whatever you need. Lovely. I love it. And any future projects? How can we support you? How can we share the love? How can we do anything to help you? Honestly, like, uh, Check out some of the music that I make. It's on Spotify. If you like it, like share it, put it on playlists. Like that helps. Just sharing anything, interacting on any of the social media stuff, like gets them seen more. Yeah. But ultimately, like my goal is just to put things out there, like put good energy into into creative projects, put it out there and and hope that it helps people and hope that it touches people and helps them find some healing, helps them slow down, helps them find some some speed, uh, some space to just to just be and to maybe take a break because life is hard. I love that. Thank so, you, Josh. Honestly, if they just listen and share it with a friend, that that's that's good enough for me. Perfect. That's great stuff. Thank you so, so much for your time, for your patience, for your energy, and for your presence in, in general. You're a very gentle soul. You're a very sweet soul as well. I would love a book from you with all your stories from the beginning <laughs> to the end to the letter writing. Do you have so much to share with the world? Oh, well, thank you. Maybe one day when my kids are out of the house, I'll have time to to just journal, write a book every morning. To be honest, for a moment, I forgot. I forgot about the children. I forgot about the puppy. You're, yeah, you're so, yeah, exactly. At the beginning of the episode, I was like, how do you do it? And now I'm like, Josh, are you going to write a book? <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one It's all good. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to hearing this and sharing this and to, to listen to all of your other amazing interviews. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.